The festivities just begun This week science are making us sung Rob percussion, tap, they did drum I ain't D.O.C. but that's the formula Cartier's cut the cover the cornea Pineapple kush, that's aroma Her with vegetables like a cornucopia With fruit like the garden of Eden The eyes are eating, especially when your boy is speaking When I'm thinking, I ain't inking But somehow, somewhere the words sinking That's fruit for thought I spit fire when a thought spark Ghost writer for higher Alright, welcome to another episode of ES3N. As always, with me are my partners in crime, Richie Dennell and Markelio Atkins. Markelio, we're going to kick it over to you right away to start it off. Understand you got the scoop on NBA basketball this week. Yes, yes, I do. Man, it's come down to the last two for the Larry O'Brien Championship. We got the LA Lakers and the Miami Heat. I mean, it wasn't what I thought was going to happen, but I would say that you two guys called it. I mean, what do you guys expect going into the series? Will this be LeBron's fourth title? It's a weird situation. So you really have two polarizing stories coming to a head. So right now, if you follow anything basketball-related, the, the story is, is what happens if LeBron loses? That's, that's what people want to talk about is LeBron losing because nobody wants him to win. And, and so in the verses or the other side of that, when it comes to the former NBA players that are now analysts, it's the story of Jimmy Butler was such a bad teammate that he took his team to the finals. And... I think if there's a team, whether it's through one-on-one defense, help defense, but defensively, that can slow down. I'm not going to say stop, but can slow down LeBron. It's Miami because I think they have the athletes. I think they have the guy who's got the biggest chip on his shoulder in Jimmy Butler, and it's going to be an absolute slugfest. My my heart says Miami, and my head says L.A. And so I'm going to follow my heart, and I'm going to hope, and, and I'm going to say Miami's going to come away with this one and send LeBron to what, seven losses in the finals? I'm hoping. I'm praying. That's where my thought process is pretty much at as well. I mean, except for I really have always had a hard time getting behind the Lakers. I have less of a hard time getting behind individual players. You know, I was a big Kobe fan, uh, really enjoy Shaq. Um, never want to see them on the basketball court against the Bucks. So with that said, the Heat, they have just been electrifying. They have been punching above their weight all season long. They did it to the Bucs in the regular season. They were the only people to beat us, you know, to hand us double-digit losses. Um, or, sorry, hand us two losses or more than one. 
whatever, however you want to count it out. Jimmy Butler has been electrified. Tyler Hero has been playing like this is his fifth time in the NBA Finals, and I got to tell you, it's been fun to watch. I I am a few wins away from ordering my hitty seat, my Miami Heat City Heat jersey, because I got to tell you, those things are hot. And the way Jimmy Butler wearing Wintnall jerseys, how can you not get behind this guy? All right, and on the other side of the fence, right, you got LeBron, who's got fingers like he's got rings, and AD. We're talking super team, super team, super teams. I'm always, almost always going to root for the underdog in situations like that. With that said, if Vegas has taken my money, I would have to put it on LeBron. Uh, I'd still lay the exact same amount on the Heat. I know the payout would be much better, but I think the it's the Heat's year. I'm hoping it's the Heat's year. I'm hoping to see all those old Heat fans, all those Marquette alumni come out and just start talking about Miami, Miami, Miami. <laughs> all right. So we got one guy that's praying, and we got one guy that heart is basically saying Heat. Well, I'm going to go with the mind. You know, they call me, just call me Logic. So I got to go with the Kang. I got to go with the Kang in this situation. You got the three-time MVP finals. I think, you know, four looks good. It's hard to bet against the Kang, right? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But, you know, I I think styles, styles make matchups. And, you know, in this situation, um, you're going to have, a, a, a wild card and uh, Anthony Davis that's going to bring Bram Adamayu um, out to the perimeter and hopefully kind of change the game a little bit. But I do see this being back and forth. I mean, I, I'm excited about it. Um, I am thinking 4-3, but my heart is saying 5-2. Uh, and I'm going to go with the king for his fourth ring. Well, I agree with you. I think it's going to go at least seven. Yeah, I I would say it's going to go at least seven. You know, you have your king and I have mine. And speaking of my king, right, Giannis Antetokounmpo, right, had a list of demands, right, met with ownership before he went on vacation as he does every year. He's telling everybody he's coming back, he's coming back. But it appears that he has some questions, he has some concerns that he wants addressed by ownership. Richie, I think you've got more information on that than I do. What's Yadis looking for here? Well, right now, I think he's kind of figured out where the ceiling is with this team, this unit, and these guys as a as a group. Because this has been the same nucleus for the last two years. They came up short last year against Kawhi. Then this year, the arguably second-best two-way player in the league behind Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, uh, got a way to upset them in the second round. I don't think that this is a situation where we, we just got done talking about LeBron, where LeBron's walking in and saying, we got to trade A, B, C, and D in order to get E, F, G, and H, uh, like he did Anthony Davis for Brandon Ingram. But I think he put a blueprint on the table that said, these are the rooms I want. This is how I want it constructed. How we get those rooms built is up to you. And there's been some names that have come out. Predominantly, the, the most popular one that people are talking about is Chris Paul. Uh, the other most popular one that has, has been a big 
arise of the last week is Drew Holiday. If you are catching my drift, it seems like the top two names are both point guards. Um, whether that's a dig or a shot at Bledsoe, I don't know. But it seems as if he is going to be the piece that is going out regardless. Uh, more so than, than Middleton or more so than anybody else. The list wasn't created as a, these are 10 superstars, so it wasn't like he put Damian Lillard, you know, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. He didn't make an unrealistic list, but gave some suggestions it, uh, of what it seems to the Bucks. Who are some other guys, Markelio, that you think, uh, as we kind of divulge into this, we've heard rumors, we've heard speculation throughout the year. Who are some other pieces or other positions you think they should go after? I think they need to go after an additional score, someone that they can get a bucket. Um, I know there's been rumors of Lou Williams. Um, I think that'll be a good six man coming off coming off the bench and providing us with um, some some energy and some additional scoring right away. Um, I think that we should go after another substantial superstar, such as like a Devin Booker or even like a Bradley Bill, um, as well as um, switching that point guard position. Uh, the real question I think we need to start asking is people's qu- questioning Coach Bud, and I know some people might find that uh, a little premature, but just from Coach Bud's history and not being able to win in the playoffs is going to be coming an issue if something isn't done next year, if we do not get past, if we don't make it to the, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think that, that that needs to come up because just as uh, we'll probably get to it in a second, but just as Doc Rivers was just let go, you know, uh, you once once you put the amount of people there and you get this team that's competitive, or not even competitive, that's dominating during the regular season, and the same thing happened when he was in Atlanta, but when he went to the playoffs time, they weren't able to get past the first round a lot of times. <laughs> So, I mean, that, that question is going to be coming up. I think that's the real question that, you know, Giannis needs to be looking at is, you know, do we have the right people, uh, the right coaches there to get him where he needs to go um, beyond, uh, you know, to make it to the championship? <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, but Giannis has had an opinion on that before. And I don't know that it was the right one. He was pretty upset when Jason Kidd got moved over and out in order to hire our now coach. Um, I agree, though, that as the years go on here and the Bucks' potential and roster continues to improve the way we've seen it, that he's going to have to put up or shut up. I don't know that any of the names that I've heard are going to be LeBron and AD, though. And I just don't don't see it. I mean, is it just me? Am I missing something, or is are those really the pieces that will get it done? Get it once done? you once you have Giannis, you know you have a very large piece, and that's the MVP. So you have to put someone. Um, you know, we we talk about uh, different different fighters being A class and B class. You have to get an A class superstar 
bona fide superstar to run with Giannis Antetokounmpo because of who he is and the investment that we've put in him and the investment that we've put in the arena, the investment that, you know, the new, with the new ownership. It's to win, you got you, you, it, it, you, you got to pay to play. Let, let me ask you this, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, Try to word this in a way that uh, that makes sense, I guess. So you saw Toronto with Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey got them there, but obviously was not the guy able to get them over the, the hump, right? And so they have this young assistant who's winning championships down in the G League, who then comes up, keeps continuing, you know, his chair's getting a little closer to the end of the bench, and eventually he's in chair number He's in chair number two, and Toronto then loses in the playoffs, and Nick Nurse becomes chair number one. Taylor Jenkins went to Memphis and arguably did a better job than I think anybody could have thought, Um, you know, with a superstar in John Morant kind of rebuilding what the Grizzlies have. We now have another assistant in Charles Lee, who is considered to be the hottest or one of the hottest names out there, and... At what point do you maybe say it's time to stop letting these guys leave and maybe one of them needs to be our guy? Because like you said, Bud has has a tenure as a head coach, no matter where it's been, he hasn't been able to win in the playoffs when it matters. In Atlanta, he was coach of the year. They won 60 games. Couldn't get it done. He's He's been coach of the year here. Number one seed. Couldn't get it done. He was a finalist for Coach of the Year this year. One seed. Couldn't get it done. Eventually, there's going to be a change, but why not? But, I mean, what what do you think it's going to take for them to hire someone from within and just say, you know what, now's the time? Versus going to try to get a dock or make something dramatic happen. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a big question, even what's going on in, in Clipperville right now. I don't know if... Um, I think the last time that I heard anything, um, they had alluded to the possibility of Tyron Lue or even Sam Cassell being there with so many good assistants being there. You know, is it is it time just to get some new some 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 new life? You know, and, and sometimes that's what a franchise needs. They just need a, a, a new start. Just just as you know, we're going to go in football. What Matt Lafleur has done with the Green Bay Packers. You know. It, 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 that's that's the kick that you need when when you're losing. You, you got somebody somebody got to pay for it. Somebody got to go. If, if it's not the players, it's the coach. Um, and, and you've seen that in the past, even with Mark Jackson. When Mark Jackson had brought Golden State uh, close to the chip, and then Steve Kerr came and brought them brought them through, and they won the championship. So. Um, that's that's what's needed in a lot of cases. So I, I, I say one more season of losing um, like this, and they'll they'll definitely be re- reevaluating that coaching position. All right. Well, here's my follow-up right, well, to, follow to that bombshell. Who you got replacing? Who you got replacing? Yeah, I mean, I I think it, I think right right now, I mean, if 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 they're it's it's twofold. If they're going to hire someone within. I do think they would go Charles Lee over Darvin Ham, uh, only because there seems to be more of a uh, uptick on the want of Charles Lee than there is Darvin Ham due to him being young, new philosophies, new new voice. 
Um, if if they went outside, uh, I would have to. I mean, obviously, we'd have to see who loses their job next year. Just because the guy that I would have wanted is going to Chicago in Billy Donovan, um, but but I think you, I mean it, it's a it, it really depends because there's a lot of good coaches who aren't getting jobs right now because players have more influence uh, as we saw with the Steve Nash situation. Well, I tell you this uh, on that note, and you saying the players, whoever Giannis chooses to be the coach is who I choose to be the coach. <laughs> as long as he's happy, you can bring over his other brothers too and just <laughs> keep him here and put put some new life in there, get someone that can get the job done. I'm pretty sure the ownership will make a wise decision in that. No doubt, no doubt. Well, as we get ready for championship basketball, I'd like to turn our focus to one of those two teams, right? The Miami Heat. Last week, we didn't get a chance to get to it. I think this is a perfect spot for it. The Miami Heat all-franchise team, right? Let's hear it. Is somebody want to go first, or am I leading off? Yeah, If you want it, Chris, otherwise I can oh, go first. Oh, baby, I'll go. I'll go. I'll give you. Now, I got to tell you, this was a hard list for me, uh, harder than I thought it was going to be. All right. And I, of course, had to put my number one at Dwayne Wade, right? 13-time All-Star, three-time champ, three-time All-Defender, 2009-2010 season All-Star MVP, 2008-2009 scoring champ, eight-time All-NBA team, and, of course, finals MVP 2005-2006. At number two, my favorite, former uh, Seattle C- Supersonic and former Milwaukee Buck, Ray Allen, baby. That's right, 10-time All-Star, two-time NBA champ, uh, two-time All-NBA team. I mean, God, Hall of Famer, he's just got it all. Number three on my list, still playing. He's new to me. I just turned the corner on him, but, man, am I turning hard? Jimmy Butler, right? Man's got more potential than I thought he had with him when he was back with the Bulls. Uh, Number four, the king, LeBron. I won't bore you with his stats. I know you know them all. Five, Shaq, Hot Wing O'Neal, man. Love Shaq. Love to watch him eat some Hot Wings, too. That's entertainment in itself. Almost as good as watching him try to shoot a free throw. Uh, Tim Hardaway, number six on my list, man. Five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. Uh, seven, Chris Bosh. All right. Um, 11-time All-Star, two-time NBA champ. Uh, number eight, Alonzo Mourning. Seven-time All-Star, two-time All-Defense, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Um, two-time Blocking Champion, two-time All-NBA. I mean, he probably is deserving to be higher on this list. Number nine, Glenn Rice, man, right? Glenn Rice. Um, Score constantly scored 18-plus points per game, shooting over 45% from the field, 39% from the three-point line. You know, in the 90s, he was just it. And number 10, just to show that I know a little something, my personal favorite, not just because of his nickname, but White Chocolate, Jason Williams, all right, had to give it to him, right? Same reason that I would have put, would have considered Mario Chambers in this spot, right? Both point guards, key starters for championship squads. 
Um, but he played a slightly bigger role at 05 and 06, right? Um, so I, I would, I, that's my top 10. And I'm curious to see, because you guys know that I'm not the big basketball guy here. I had to dig deep for all of these for me. My fandom, certainly, my experience poured into this top 10 list a bit. I'm curious to see what a couple of more seasoned fans with a better understanding of the game had to pick at the top 10. <laughs> with that with that big setup, uh, I guess uh, I almost feel like it's a letdown because I didn't even pick 10. I just took I took my all-time greats at each position. That's um, what I did so, too, Mark. So I kind of, I guess I'll kind of put, I'm, I'm going to repeat those same names because you named 10 in the franchise and you named 10 of the greatest. But I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll explain, um, you know, a little bit of my decision-making. And I'll start out with just, as I said, the position of point guard. Um, Mr. UTEP Two-Step himself, Tim Hardaway. Before there was a Penny Hardaway, the only Hardaway I knew was Tim Hardaway. I, I mean, Tim Hardaway is the epitome of, of the killer crossover conversation. When anybody talked about the crossover, uh, more Iverson gave you more of a hes- hesitation crossover, whereas the UTEP two-step was a hard, a hard dribbling between a leg and a crossover, you know, from the left hand. So it was deadly, and even from from the right hand. So it was just it was deadly. It was something that was it wasn't even seen at that time. Um, I remember growing up, I just wanted to be Tim Hardaway or Kenny Anderson. You know, those those was like. My, the point guards that I, I loved growing up. But, you know, at the shooting guard position, of course you got out of Illinois, uh, out of Chicago, Illinois, Mr. Dwayne Flash Wade, um, all the accolades and all of the stats that you're given for all those reasons, Chris. Um, and, of course, it, it means so much to me just seeing him in college coming out of Marquette and, um, you know, being the fifth pick, obviously they knew he was going to be great, but I don't think anyone knew how great uh, Dwayne Wade was going to be in the, in the type of career that he would have. Um, at the small forward, of course, we got the Kang. And we don't have to go into his accolades and his stats, just as I said before. He's still making history. He's still doing the things that he's doing. Um, and I kind of cheated on this one, you know. Um, you mentioned his name, of course, and some people say that he's actually the all-time great. You know, the the when you think of Miami Heat, you think of this man, Alonzo Mourning, out of out of Georgetown uh, University, and just what Alonzo Mourning brought to that franchise um, twice. You know, they brought him back. So he was so good, they had to bring him back twice. <laughs> so. You know, and, and just kind of rounding off at that center position, of course, you got Mr. I gigged on him, Shaq Diesel himself, Mr. Barbecue Chicken in the paint. I mean, what more can you say about Shaquille O'Neal, the man, the myth, the legend? Wow, come on, man. How can you not like Shaq? I don't know. Ask Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> he loves them too, man. He loves them too. It's just, it's just arch rivals, man. They, they, they like brothers. Brothers fight, man. So I, I kind of did a, a cross between the both of you, I guess. 
Uh, I, I did do 10 names, but I did them by position. And so, uh, starting out at point guard, like you, both of you said, Marquille, like you said, the killer crossover. Tim Hardaway was a bad man back in the late 90s, early 2000s. You know, 17 a game, three-time All-Pro with Miami. You know, and that, and that was something that I wanted to take into consideration, too, wasn't necessarily the accolades of their career as a whole, but what did they do when they were in Miami? And so for me, um, as the as the number two point guard, I went with Mario Chalmers. You know, he's, he's ranked highly in the amounts of games played there. He wasn't the key piece of those teams because when you have Dwayne Wade, LeBron, and Bosh, obviously at best you're going to be the fourth best player. Um, but you still need someone to kind of run – Things a little bit, you know. Uh, fifth, bat, yeah. Well, not the whole time. I they did they did eventually for one year, but I mean, but Chalmers. I think Chalmers ended up playing a total five hundred and twenty-five games in Miami, which is uh, ranked what top seven. Yeah, yeah. Moving to the two guard, one of the greatest two guards ever, Dwayne Wade, speaks for itself. We don't have to go into much detail there. Uh, but I think the one guy that gets overlooked is maybe the mentor that Wade had when he got drafted and a guy who kind of gets passed on and passed on and passed on when uh, when you talk about maybe good players, not great, and that's Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones was a key part of kind of getting them to that Turned the corner when they added Shaq. He left right before the finals. Um, but but you have those guys who help build the foundation, and he was a big part of that when Wade first got there. Small forward, uh, these two guys are going to be talked about as two of the greatest Heat players ever, LeBron James, Glenn Rice. There's nothing more you can say to either one of those guys. Uh, at the power forward position, I went with Bosh, um, and I had to show love to the Miami through and through, the Miami native the Miami Hurricane, the Miami Heat, Udonis Haslam has been there every day the entirety of his career. He's from the city, um, and, and he just he, he's that guy. When, when you need someone to go get six fouls, he'll go get them in 30 seconds if that's what you need. Uh, he's just he's a grinder. He's, he's the ultimate team guy. And then the center, uh, you guys both touched on. It, I don't know how you can go any which way other than Shaquille O'Neal and Alonzo Mourning. Uh, you could probably make a case for them to be basically 1A and 1B instead of 1 and 2, uh, as both were elite centers in the NBA. Yeah, and, and just to add a little bit more, I mean, I guess to, to give some honorable mentions, because I only said those five, but just to talk about franchises, um, even growing up, I always associated like Ronnie Cycli with the Miami Heat and even Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker had, even though, you know, he played for a short period of time, um, a, a great um, Miami Heat uh, player. You know, I, I will put this out there, like with what you're saying, Miami has gotten a lot, of, I, I don't want to say cheap, because no ring is cheap, but there's a lot of vets who didn't have rings who went down to Miami and won themselves some rings. I mean, you had talked about, I mean, Ray Allen won the one in Boston. He got a second one uh, when he went down to Miami. You, t you said, Ant you know, Antoine Walker. Uh, we talked about Jason Williams. Gary Payton. 
You know, another guy that, you know, towards the end of his career went down there after the, the Supersonics run, thought he'd be able to super team it with the Lakers. That didn't work, you know, and so he went and super teamed it with the Heat and ended up ended up getting his one. Who don't want to take their talents to South Beach? Come on, man. I've always wanted to take my talents to South Beach. <laughs> well, I just learned a little something new about both of you. <laughs> well, and speaking of South Beach, uh, the Miami Dolphins, man, Thursday night, as we move into the NFL, I don't know that anybody really expected them to come out and throttle the Jaguars in the way that they did. I mean, the game was over by halftime. Yeah. The only thing that came good out of Jacksonville that night was Robinson. <laughs> that was the yeah. only good point. And, you know, I, I happened to bring him up in fantasy football, but that's for a little bit later. But, yeah, it, it was tough. But that's something that I think um, we had mentioned and alluded to even when we were talking about, you know, the expectations in Miami. Um, Miami has the potential to be pretty good. Um, and people were often talking about, you know, when they were going to bring Tua in and if they were going to have to, you know, get Ryan out of there. But Ryan's look good. And I, and I say as long as he's winning, keep Tua out there. Why even chance it, you know? We're, we're talking about the one and two Dolphins, right? I mean, we are talking about the NFL team in Miami, right? Right, that's the type of conversation here. Jacksonville's a dumpster, dumpster fire, guys. This was this is like coming out and slapping around the right-headed stepchild. Okay, I'm not impressed by it. I'm not. I'm not ready to get on the Ryan Fitzpatrick bandwagon. The Miami hasn't fixed the thing. Uh, we haven't seen their, you know, top quarterback pick yet, and I don't think it would make a difference if we did. And that's why he's not out there. Uh, nothing to do with what Ryan Fitzpatrick is getting done on the field, man. I mean, the Dolphins and the Jaguars, I mean, that's like watching the Bears play themselves. It's awful. I'm sorry, Rich, you know I can't pass up an opportunity. Even though your Bears are 3-0, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. You're going to come to Todd, you're going to play us, and you're going to remember. And when I mean us, I mean Green Bay. You're going to come to Todd, you're going to play Green Bay, and you're going to remember where you belong in the division. And it's not at 3-0. Even ESPN already has us ranked above you. I'm sure all they had to do was go to the go to the NFL records and go look at the stats and go, we already know how this is going to end. All right? So if you want to go ahead, like we can talk about your beloved Bears and how they managed to pull a how. I mean, really, the conversation in that story should be how the hell the Falcons blew a double-digit lead again. Well, again. It, right, and so, and and so here's it, this is exactly what I have written down as my first note: Atlanta lost, Chicago did not win, and, and that's really what what happened is Atlanta, yet again, found a way to blow a double-digit lead. Um, You know, Chicago's offense is an absolute wreck. I mean, the defense has been doing their part to try to keep them in games, but when you struggle offensively the way that we have, and we'll see if, if, if anything changes going forward with the most notable change that came during that game, but the defense has been 
has been keeping them in games. They did come out and announce that Foles is going to be the guy. And I don't know how they could try to deny it. I mean, I was just surprised they even tried. No, I mean, seriously, they came out. When you pull your starting quarterback halfway through the game, you have told him that you have no confidence in him. So they may have decided to break it nicely to him after the game by going out in the press. We haven't decided who our starter is for next week. But, no, we all knew. Well, let me and, – and, and so Got a guy you, making $88 million sitting on the bench. He was bound to play eventually. It is Chicago. Well, and, and but, but here's the thing, too, and, you know, in watching the game and listening to the commentators talk, I, I don't know who called the game. I don't know who the, who the color guy was. But he mentioned, you know, they had talked about, well, when they traded for Nick Foles, the conversation was, okay, somebody's going to start other than Trubisky. And then Nagy came out and said, we're going to go with Trubisky. And you're beating the dead horse. And basically what he said was, is all of whatever it is that Nagy thought he believed in Trubisky, he obviously lied to himself. Because if you believed in Trubisky, you weren't going to pull him halfway through the third game of the year. If you truly thought he was your guy, you are going to ride it out. But obviously you don't. And so Nick Foles, the nickname that he's got from the play that he, from the Super Bowl, we're not going to say it on this show, but Big Nick showed up and made some key plays to help them win the game. Um, the first pass he threw was was a questionable pick, touchdown. They ended up calling it a pick. But, but again, even with Nick in the game, Nagy has been an awful play caller. He's never been consistent. He's never committed to an identity. He's all about the gadget plays. And as you know, coming from Kansas City, if you watched that game last night, that that is what Nagy did for the Chiefs. The problem is, is he can't do that in Chicago. That's not going to work when it's 30 degrees outside with 60 mile an hour winds coming off that lake. He, he needs to commit to running the ball. He has not yet done that. He has trusted the quarterbacks. That has shown it doesn't work. He needs to find an identity for this team instead of, we're going to lean on the pass. Oh, nope, we can't do that. Oh, we're going to try to run. Oh, nope, we can't. Speaking of running, Richie, you know, you guys had a pretty tough injury um, that came up this week. So I know that's kind of going to limit you guys and what's going on. Um, you know, you guys have gotten lucky two weeks in a row. I, I've looked three weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, I've looked right. yeah three oh, weeks in a row. Yeah, I'm about to say when Swift dropped that touchdown in the end zone, that was a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and to be honest, it's, oh, it's it's truly here. Here's what I think's happening: is that the Bears are getting down, and the ghost of Al Capone is calling the officials' office and says, "If things listen, boys, I will send my men up there right now." If things don't, and for what, you know, it it just, it's so crazy how this has played itself out and how they've, uh, again, I I keep saying every week, you know, we talked about it with, with the Packers too. It's not college football. It's, it's, you don't have to win sexy. You just got to beat who's on your schedule, regardless of how you do it. Somehow Chicago's managed to get three and oh, but I'm not confident. That may be the only three they win this year. <clears throat> on to a real game, man. Let's talk about that Vikings-Titans game. 
That was a squeaker. 30-31, Titans favor. We had one-handed catches, right? Rudolph in the end zone. Uh, Henry gets airborne for the Titans to touch out. Thielen continues to get it done. Jefferson leaving defenders in his debut. But, I mean, it's the last-minute field goal. Once again, we're seeing that as the NFL tries to kind of manipulate the game more and more, the kicker once again decides this game. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest news out of that game, I don't know if you guys saw before we jumped on here, uh, both Minnesota and Tennessee are shut down until Saturday. Uh, they had a COVID breakout situation happen, and neither team is allowed to do team activities at their facilities. And so the word right now is that Goodell somehow thinks they're going to play against somebody else other than themselves on Sunday. The expectation is they're going to play. But as of right now, both teams have been shut down for the immediate future. I think it was Tennessee had eight positive tested players. Yeah, Minnesota hasn't had, had any as of, as of yet. Um, I think they're still doing some testing. Um, but yeah. I've heard that the facilities, they were going to be opening back up on Saturday. Saturday, correct. So, yeah, man, it, it, it's crazy. I've, I've often talked about being in a controlled environment. When you're not in a controlled environment, this is what you're going to get. You know, this is an example of what's, what's yet to come. It's inevitable. And that was really one of the things that got me, Mark Helio, is, you, you know, is that I was surprised that things were going this smoothly for the NFL with the absence of the bubble. Now, now to, to that, though, uh, I don't know if it was Vrabel. I don't know if it was the GM, the owner, or the players themselves. But there have been some reports that Tennessee. So the way, the, however, the NFL is doing their testing, they get tested before they play, and then they get tested immediately after. And that apparently there was a bunch of false positives that came through at some point, whether that was before the season or before this game. I don't know. Um, but, but Tennessee is fighting this, and they are making it a point to say, hey, look, you guys have, have given us false positives before. We want an immediate retest to find out how accurate this really is. So I'm sure there will be a lot more news coming out tomorrow. Uh, again, it's September 29th, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Saturday ain't, uh, man, I'm telling you, I don't get my, I don't get these days. <laughs> how the quarantine works, man. Like, even if they, everything was all good, if you have eight positive cases and you got, you got five, seven days, six days, you know, until, until a game, you can't play, like. Come on, how can you control it's that? It's got to start costing somebody. I don't get it. Somebody, somebody need to explain <laughs> COVID a little bit better to me because yeah, no it's joke. switching. <laughs> and, and I, guess, I mean, to, I was just going to say, can, you know, to, to talk about the actual game in itself, um, you know, like you said, there there was some, some good things that did, you know, go on there. Derrick Henry, huge game. Tennessee stuck to their script. They squeaked one out. They're, you know <clears> – <throat> Kirk Cousins had yet another Kirk Cousins game, but the world was introduced to Justin Jefferson, who absolutely went wild. Um, but I, I will say the best meme I've seen all week is knock, knock. Kirk Cousins says, who's there? Owen. Owen who? Owen three, Kirk. 
you're not getting it done, buddy, and you're going to have to restructure that contract yet again because you're going to continue to cost this team wins. Just as Chicago finds a way to keep squeaking out wins, the Vikings find a way to keep losing. No joke. Could not believe it if you told me that at the beginning of the Beginning of the season, you know, Skull hey, Nation's taking Chris, a beat. And I did. Hey, hey, I did tell you at the beginning of the season. Hey, hey, you going to keep rubbing it in my face or what? No, but even right, myself, man, I didn't think they would be, I didn't think that they would be this bad. No, no one thought they were going to be this bad. I mean, 0-3 uh, to start the season, that's bow-wow bad. I mean, Kirk Cousins, woof. Bills Rams, right? Uh, Bills take this one, 35-32. Allen throws five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Does that? Does he deserve to be in the MVP conversation off of this game alone? Do we start holding that conversation? Not even, not even just this game. I mean, the, it, the three names as far as quarterbacks that should be mentioned right now, of course, is Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen. They've been in lights out. Lights out. Um, I thought the game was over. I was like, oh, man, are they going to – they can't choke this one. But Josh Allen became Josh Allen and, and delivered when it, when, it, when, it, when it was crunch time. And um, I think that that kind of alludes to what this season is entailing for the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills is I, – I, I see them – this is at least a 10-game win season has to be they've got a lot of potential let's see if they can make it past the first round of the playoffs yeah and and i mean depending upon who you talk to um some people might say buffalo had a little bit of help there uh at the end with the pass interference call um whether it should have been shouldn't have been they found a way to win the game uh Marquilla, like you said i think right now when you talk about mvps those are the the three names you you said are the three names that I have written down um, as pretty much the early front runners. Josh Allen has taken that step. Buffalo continues to find ways to win, and not only that, but it seems to be they 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 find pieces. Right? We all thought Zach Moss was going to have this huge rookie year. He hasn't, but Devin Singletary's been really good. Stephon Diggs had a struggle week one. He didn't necessarily set the world on fire this week, had a touchdown, but Gabe Davis stepped up. They keep finding guys who just seem to fill their role, and it's a new guy every week outside of Josh Allen being an MVP, and that that spells trouble for the rest of the league when they can go any which way with guys who continue to step up. No doubt. Now on to Bang Bang Niners gang, man. Slapping around the 0-3 Giants, or now 0-3 Giants. Can anybody tell me the starting lineup for the 49ers? Because they've got so many injured players, I would need a program to try to tell you who was playing that game. I certainly, I mean, the Giants are bad. I mean, they were they are bad, bad. After you losing uh, Shaquan Markley there, they are even worse. I guess I wasn't expecting much from them. But I didn't expect them to roll over like this. Thirty-six to nine. Uh, keys to the game, anyone, or is it just New York Giants showed up and the 49ers did what the Niners do? Two, yeah. So, so I got two things written down. The Giants are the worst team in football in real life and on paper. That's uh, blatantly <laughs> obvious. Um, and 
for any uh, sports movie buffs out there, the San Francisco 49ers reminded me of a movie I call or I saw called The Replacements. So uh, because right now they they are not walking anybody out there of anybody who owns a jersey of anybody on the team. Uh, Mullins had a good game. McKinnon scored a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk. And the fact that Chris is making faces at me tells you the whole story. The Niners find a way to they found a way to win. They found a way to win without their best players. But this is going to continue to need to be a theme for them if they're going to repeat based off of last year's success. Yeah, I mean just 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 to uh, chime in on the conversation with Bang Bang Niners gang. I don't know anyone out there. <laughs> Uh, the 49 right now. Right. So for it's them to bad. pull off, uh, to pull for them to score 33 points is is great within itself, and they should be encouraged. <laughs> 36. They put up 36, man. Uh, 36. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Like I, I could not bring myself to watch the game because I was worried about watching the night. You know, the Niners are my were my way too early pick, and they were. Naked me look like I picked them way too early, but they're finding ways to win. But uh, when we're talking about the Giants and other 0-3 teams, man, uh, the Texans drop one to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, Houston, man, I'm about to say Houston just can't can't buy a W, man. They made these moves. They traded guys. They picked guys up. They thought that they just had it all figured out. And the Texans are, are like the ugly stuff kids of the the NFL here. They're 0-3. I mean, are the Steelers really? I mean, are, uh, does anybody here think the Steelers are kind of like the Bears and being a 3-0 team, that's only going to last so long? Or are the Steelers, the Steelers the real deal here? No, I mean, I think the Steelers are similar to the Bears where I think that uh, when you look at the division, right, we all can kind of look at it and go, okay, Green Bay is better than Chicago. I think it's going to, it's the same in the AFC North. You look at Pittsburgh and you go, okay, Baltimore's better than Pittsburgh, at least on paper, right? That That's kind of how, how we see it. But yet, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, finding a way. You know, the the one thing that, that kind of blows my mind about this is that, after the Chicago game, the the everybody kept going, well, when is Dan Quinn going to get fired? When is Dan Quinn going to get let go? When are the Falcons going to make a change? They keep losing games. What about Bill O'Brien? Well, I, I like Bill O'Brien. I thought it was a great hire when he got hired. The problem is, is he can't win in the playoffs. He then traded away their best player, and they now sit at 0-3, which I think people kind of saw coming if nobody stepped up, which nobody has. And so Bill O'Brien might have just dug himself his own grave on this one. What was he thinking with that trade? Well, I I think they believed in Will Fuller, which, okay, I I mean, I I can understand that because he's been a very good opposite of – Opposite of DeAndre Hopkins before they traded him. The problem is, is they're not the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're not walking two legit receivers out there for 15 years just because you can. You know, that that is not how they're built. 
and he must have, for whatever reason, thought they were a running back away from getting through the playoffs. But yeah, yeah, it's it's man, you got it's what you said. It's Mike Tomlin. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers always seem to find a way to win. Um, at the at the end of the day, and they're 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 looking good. They have a favorable schedule. I, I'm looking. They 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 go against what the Eagles next week. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> oh my god! And, and, and I, I know the guy that, you know, I sent you guys the rant about, he'll probably argue with you, Richie, that the Eagles are the worst team in the NFL right now. They're acting like it. They're doing their best impression by tying with the Bengals. The, 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 I, the, the one that I really liked was the one where the guy was walking out of the house with his suitcase. Did you guys see that one? So there's a guy walking outside his house. He's got an Eagles jersey on, and he's walking with a suitcase. And his wife goes, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to Chicago to get my quarterback. I'm going to get Nick Foles. No joke. I'm about to say, I I don't know what, who thought Carl, Carson Wentz was capable of, A, playing a full season. He certainly hasn't yet. I mean, or that well. Um, I, I, I don't know why they didn't keep the platoon going. I think letting Foles walk was a huge mistake for Philadelphia. Philadelphia, and those fans are relentless, man. I would not want to it's be. It's time to let Jalen Hurt play. It's well, just and, time and, and to let, let him play. You, let, let me ask you guys this. As we talk about that game, for a long time, I have had a major issue with how the NFL does their overtime. A tie is like the old phrase. It's like kissing your sister, right? I, I mean, what do you? How do you guys feel about the rules? You know, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, two teams obviously heading in opposite directions. As we project Cincinnati to go up with Burrow, and Philly seems to be showing that they're only going down. Is there a way that the NFL can fix this so that every week we have a winner? Yes, no, you play yeah. like crap. Oh, really? Come on, man. Really? <laughs> if you play like crap, there should be no draws in football. It's gladiator sports. There's, there should be no draws in football. They don't complain when they can't play the Thursday night game they've got scheduled the week later. You know, I but mean, so, you so what you're telling me is that, hey, so you're telling me that college football can play to where there's no draw, but yet the NFL is allowed to have a tie? No way. Not a chance. You want to talk about the problems I have with college football? Really? That's the conversation you want to go into right now? We don't have that no, kind of I'm time in this podcast. I'm just saying they have a better overtime system. Yeah, right. And kickers are real football players. All right? They are, they are man. <laughs> I've been seeing too oh many damn missed field goals. Oh, my God, hey, dude. Hey. You could eliminate field goals, and no one from football would miss it. There, I said it. All I'm going to say is, is my kicker last year ran a 4-4, benched, benched 225 30 times at a combine, and he also was a starting safety. So you can back off a little bit. With I'm that sorry, kicker. I, I, is that Bears for double doink? No, no that's, <laughs> and, and by the way, that wasn't a Chicago comment. That was my kicker. At <laughs> oh, I thought... I, 
I'm sorry. Wait, you've got to be a little more. Sure you make the African, distinction. I'm about to say the amount of stuff you know about Chicago's kicker was impressive. I was like, who knew? Because I don't. I couldn't even tell you those guys' names. <laughs> well, and, and so, but but speaking of knowledge, I'm, I'm going to try to recall your guys' memory bank on this one. When was the last time you guys remember starting a sentence saying that the Cleveland Browns were over 500? Well, I got to tell you, I wasn't totally against the Baker Mayfield draft. I don't know that I would have done it in the first round, but I don't consider them the worst quarterback they've ever drafted. The Browns have some good guys on paper, man. They they do. They made some moves. The Browns on paper look like a team that should show up and be able to play football. This is not the first week I've said this. Unfortunately, the Browns continue to make me look like a moron for saying that every time. It seems every time I get on the Browns' bad wagon, the Browns just do true to their name and take me to the toilet, pull down their pants, and let the Brown River flow that seems to be the curse of football in Ohio. And, I mean, it's great they won. I mean, but who did they beat? Oh, they beat they exactly. beat, they beat a team whose name is almost as generic as their level of play, the Washington football team. I feel like they should have gotten rid of the red and gold. This should be like the old box you got at Aldi's of rice that was all right, all white and said rice and black lettering across it. That's what I feel about this Washington football team, man. And the way you feel about Jacksonville is the same way that I feel about the Cleveland Browns. And you hold, brought- on, hold on, hold no, on. No, no, well, but here's the thing. So you feel that way about Cleveland, who's two and one. But yet you were you were showing a whole lot of South Beach love for the one and two Dolphins. Yeah, because I I, I mean I, I got to be consistent, man. Because I, <laughs> I, I I like I like Miami out there, and I see the potential and what, what they can do. And you know they they're coming off a, a nice a nice victory, and I, I just see a lot things treading upward in Miami, and I see things even kill or even going downhill with the Browns, but. You are going to have to walk me through that one at some point, Mark. But but they're going against, as you said, Cincinnati and Washington. You know, so uh, let let let's see let's see by the tenth game where they're at. I've always been the one to say on paper that they look good and they have they have great people in sexy positions. However, can he all put can he put it together? Has always been the question. No, they definitely can't put it together, but they might not be a total dumpster fire this year. Well, be- before we get to your Sunday night football game that I know you guys are anxious to get to, I'm, I'm going to throw a stat out here. There has been five quarterbacks over the last, I believe it's six, six years, five years, who have surpassed 20,000 yards passing, 125 passing touchdowns, and fewer than 65 interceptions in that time frame. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Derek Carr. 
Did, did, uh, yeah. did you just stick up? Did you just bring Derek Carr into the conversation? Dude, I just had like the gas face. They are the only five quarterbacks to have surpassed all of those numbers since Carr has been drafted. Well, and to be fair, you know, like Carr was kind of a victim of his system at all. I tried to be a little high on Carr when uh, things went down there, but. Yeah, man, you know, the Raiders, man, the Raiders. I mean, and they proved they still have problems, right? They lost to the Patriots uh, 20-36. I mean, that's a 60, that's a double score. That's a three-score situation. But but are the Patriots Patriots better than we expect? More so than the Raiders taking a beating that we thought maybe they should have won? Who thought they should have won that? You thought they should have won that game? I'm, I'm I'm just saying that. Heading, I'm saying heading into the season, a lot of people had a lot of questions about about the Patriots, and we didn't know. A lot of people they- had a lot of questions every year about Derek Carr, though, and, and that's why he feels like he always has to prove himself. But but he apparently he has, and and you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Chucky. No, I'm about to say you're out of your mind, dude. Derek Gruden just hasn't found somebody to replace him yet. And, and that's fine. And that's the way Derek Gruden goes, looks at him because you've seen Gruden. But, but that's okay. Gruden has spent every year of his retirement gushing over quarterbacks. I was surprised that there was a quarterback that Gruden didn't love playing in the NFL, and apparently he took over the team to coach because of it. He must have gone, oh, you know what? Derek Carr is is just a guy I want to hate, so let's take over that team, get him out of the league, and maybe maybe Brett Favre will unretire. He has kept his job, though, Chris. He's done it. Listen, I think the Raiders have the potential to be a great team. I just don't think Carr's going to be the one leading them down the field. I just don't see it. That's not necessarily because Carr doesn't have the talent, because there are points where he flashes having the talent, but you could not have a, uh, a coach a GM, an ownership that do not believe you're the guy without, you know, he's done nothing to make them believe he's the guy. And that's the light he's been playing under for two seasons now, right? So it's season number two. If he can't move him into the playoffs and, you know, quite frankly, into a playoff win, they're going to talk about it. They're going to they're going to be looking at free agency. I mean, I I haven't looked at what the free agent quarterback names are going to look like, or what, I'm not going to speculate on what the quarterback draft is going to look like at this point, because college football's like uh, just this much into the season. But I don't I don't think he's going to be there long term. I don't think the the I think Derek Carr's on borrowed time. They said that many years ago. They've been saying that for a while. He's They've still said that, I think, every year since his rookie year. <laughs> He's still well, he there. can't last forever. <laughs> and how many championships has that turned into? Nine. Uh, and how many playoff wins? Nine. How many years has he had to that, man? I mean... Come on, we could give. We, I, I could make excuses for everybody on every roster, but why bother? Well, right, but I'm. But but here, it's a gladiator okay, game right now. It went from being but, a gladiator but, but what, game. Okay, to, but here's that's the thing, all right. You're saying cars okay. No, but but to what you're saying, if we're if we're talking the same time frame, 
where you're talking about Derek Carr, so we'll say whatever, he's been in the league six years, then hypothetically we're all going, well, the only quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl are Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and who else? In the last six years, Aaron Rodgers has not won a Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. So for Patrick you to Mahomes. just sit here and say, well, who else? And Patrick Mahomes, right. So you're for you to sit here and say, well, who else? Lamar doesn't look like he's got a brighter. So you're telling me that Josh Allen's a worse quarterback than Carr, that Lamar's a worse quarterback than Carr, simply because they haven't made it to a, because they haven't won a Super Bowl yet? You're out of your mind, man. You can't. Who said that? Who, who said who said that car's better than them? Only you've said that. Well, you're talking about rigs, and I'm just saying, man, when you start talking about guys who have won Super Bowls in the last six years, yes, there no, are a one couple of you, of One of you games. two said, well, how many Super Bowls has that turned into? I did. Yeah, Zero. Chris, I did. Chris said that. And, and, right, and Zero. so I'm saying if, if, you're, if we're looking at a six, but I'm saying if we're looking at the same window. We are, we are just as shocked as you are that he's number five on that list. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I just all right. My point being, right, is I, is, as I just, I, we're hyping up Derek. We're we're hyping up Derek Carr here. <laughs> Talk about hype, man! Panthers, Panthers, Chargers, Panthers managed to squeak out a win over the Chargers. My question for you is, who is in worse shape in this? I mean, I thought the Chargers might still have a team. I know they're facing some losses, but the Panthers. I mean. I mean, what was their big pickup? Their big pickup over the offseason was clearly Teddy Bridgewater. But outside of that, did the Panthers do anything that make you think they're going to win more than a handful of games this year? No, and, and I, I don't – I mean, okay, when two bad teams play each other, you, I mean, it's, it's going to be what we just got. When when you say those two, two teams' names, the difference being Carolina is – taking a bad situation and trying to get better. They added Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore was already solid. Christian McCaffrey is arguably the best running back in pro football. They they went out and added a quarterback, but they knew that defense was going to be bad. They knew the rest of the team was going to be bad. The Chargers, on the opposite side, have a team built for what they thought was going to be Tyrod Taylor until a doctor decided he was going to puncture his lung. <laughs> and they oh are now kind of emergency. But, but I mean, they're kind of emergence in an emergency situation in playing Herbert. I think probably before anybody thought they would be had, you know, having not started week one and you're no matter who your quarterback is, whether you become a Peyton Manning or become a Russell Wilson or become an Aaron Rodgers, you're going to take lumps that first year with a with a new young quarterback. And the Chargers have found a way to be competitive. They I mean they they've played the Chiefs better than anybody else has played the Chiefs by by what I would consider this year. But again, when you have a young quarterback, that experience at the main position is is going to hinder you no matter who else you really walk out there. Yeah. What, what stood out to me, man, was was them, their their inability to get DJ Moore the ball. Like, that was killing me. I, I just, I expected way more out of, uh, you know, than two catches, I think. How many catches did he have? Yeah, he struggled. I have him in my keeper league. He wasn't very good. Yeah. We know that. Not at all. But, 
Yeah, man. Um, the Chargers are really underachieving because, you know, Chargers on paper is one of those teams that you would think is pretty good. You right. know, definitely offensively, um, you know, they, they have some pieces. Um, I think that they're going to be better than what their record reflect when it's all said and done. Um, I think a lot of people were just really hype on them, new stadium, new new uniforms, and, you know, to come out one and two kind of, you know, sucks. But uh, I, I am a believer, and I believe that they'll, they'll get a little bit better as the season goes along. I think they'll, they're one of those teams that, that can gel. Um, they, they do have their their hands for uh, next week uh, trying to trying to go up against uh, who do they, they go are they off is that their bye week next week for the Chargers yeah no they have they have Tampa Bay Buccaneers so yeah uh, it's gonna be tough for them right and I mean I'm still kind of trying to figure out and I think Tampa Bay is too whether or not you know who the real Tampa Bay is is it the Tampa B Tampa Bay that one beat Denver here 28-10. That said, you know, we're talking minus Drew Locke, minus Sutton. I think they have 11 starters out. Let's just put it that way. Right. So, is it not just still the case of hey, you know, it's Chargers been hurt too, man, and, and yeah, you yeah. know, that they've always seemed to be hurt somehow some way. Right, but the Bucks aren't, and they didn't look that great in week one, but they certainly look more than serviceable in the next two weeks. So, I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think the Bucks are probably just going to run roughshod over the Chargers. I wouldn't put money any other way. Well, I, well and two, I mean, you know, historically, the teams from the West, when they travel East, they've always struggled. And so I do, I mean, so like you said, if you're going to put money on the game, I mean, Tampa Bay is, is going to be the smart money. What I would be interested to see is their defense, like I said before, played the Chiefs really well. And Mahomes is a more mobile quarterback. I'm really interested to see if Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram can just tee off on Tom Brady. Because if so... It changes everything. You know, their their defense is very – is I, I don't know that I'd say very good. Their defense is good, and they let those guys pin their ear backs, their, their ears back and get after the quarterback. And if they can keep them in the game enough to just say, Herbert, just don't lose it for us. Just give the ball to Eckler and let him do his thing. They, I mean, they – I know we talked about, you know, Tyrod Taylor, and I had mentioned even prior to that that he had pretty much lost his position. But, I mean, Justin hasn't looked that bad. I mean, uh-huh. he still he still does a couple rookie mistakes, right. and I see him throw across the body. Well, still he's, got, he's cost them their last two. He, he, I mean, the interceptions are what ended up being the decider in the last two games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but that, that's the crazy thing. I mean, he's playing. He's playing like a, a. I mean, that's a rookie move. However, before those plays, he looks really yeah. good. Looks good. You know? So I think it's just it's just a matter of time. Um, and, and the difference between, of course, the Chargers and the Buccaneers is you have a, a seasoned, crafty vet and Hall of Famer and Tom Brady, and you, you got a young gun here. So I'm intrigued just to see that matchup, anyways. Well, when we talk about turnovers being keys to a game, the Cardinals-Lions, 
right? Kyler Murray throws not one, not two, but three picks. Three picks. I know that hurts Richie because I know he, he's had him in a couple of fantasy leagues. I know Richie's got a lot of high hopes for Kyler Murray. He's still in the MVP conversation after this Lions game? or uh, Listen, it, it's one game, fire. but I'll tell you like this. I'll tell you like this. If I was playing Madden and I had three interceptions in a game, it's really hard for me to be motivated for the rest of that game. Like, I'm probably already out of it by the third interception. He's turning, he's turning the game off. Simulate the last of the game. You know, it's it's crazy because you know you think about certain situations and you know to say anybody's in or out of the MVP conversation in week three, considering what Drew Brees has never won an MVP and Russell Wilson has never gotten an MVP vote. I mean, I mean anything can can seriously happen. Um, I mean Murray's going to do it both in the air and on the ground, but yeah, obviously you you can't turn the ball over three times and expect to get wins. Uh, I, I do think that this was just one of those games for them. I do think they are better than what they looked like on Sunday. Um, everybody has those games. It's the NFL. Anybody can get, get anybody can get got on any week, uh, and this week just happened to be that for the Cardinals. But I will say he has been a little careless with the ball. Uh, they were able to beat the Niners, but he threw a pick. Last week, I believe he threw a pick as well. And they, they won, and so they've won despite, um, you know, the picks that he's thrown. But it, it looks as if Kingsbury believes in him and just, hey, man, go out there and sling it. Well, and you want to talk about a gunslinger, baby. Seahawks-Cowboys. Uh, I can't believe this game was as close as it was because the Seahawks put on a show, you know, play – after play, after play. Russell Wilson, uh, 27 for 40, 315 yards, five touchdowns, right? They also should've got it done six. on the ground. It should have been six. should have been six. It should have been six. And this game shouldn't have been that close. Not could have been. It should have been six. How about them Cowboys, huh? It looks like uh, we they figured out real quick what we already know. Mike McCarthy ain't going to win you games. He's not going to mastermind you. That onside kick last week was luck. It was luck. It was a fluke. Mike McCarthy can't not know how to finish. I'm, I'm from the family that I don't think that Mark, Mark McCarthy was like the, the, the answer. It was just the, the, the person that was going to be like the figurehead there. And Jerry Jones is always the decision maker when well, it comes and, to and, Yeah, and, and there's two things about that. Last week's onside kick was not luck. It's called the Atlanta Falcons. And the second part of that is that I think, and I, I mean, this could be way off base. Jerry Jones got who he thought was going to be the guy who could most successfully turn Dak Prescott into what he can then justify as paying Pat Mahomes money. I think Jerry Jones in his head goes, I want to give him this money. I want you here. I want you to be my quarterback. But I need a reason to justify why I'm going to give you this money. And I think he thought McCarthy was going to be the one to get him to that point. Now, Prescott won me my fantasy league, 
but he still threw two he still threw two picks you know he he's been good but they it's the same argument every year he's always at the top in touchdowns passed he's always at the top of NFL passing yards he always rushes for a ton of yards and for a ton of touchdowns the reason everybody outside of the Dallas Fort Worth area is saying don't pay him is because he can't win games. Matty no, no doubt. Not going to get an argument out of me. Notice how quiet it got in this room when you made that statement? That's because it's hard to argue against. But you know what's not hard to argue against? The Green Bay Packers, 3-0. and Aaron Rodgers, without his star-wide receiver, dropping dimes, right? Dropping dimes. As a matter of fact, I think you were telling me about a wonderful little shirt he wore on to what show was it, Richie? Uh, Pat McAfee. And what did it say? I don't know. You got to ask Markelio. No, no. I, I, you you have mentioned it. You were talking about the shirt he had wore there. Yeah, I, I don't know what it said. I saw the picture of him at the Pat McAfee show. Of The shirt was of himself, but I, do, I don't know what it said. Oh, I just okay. saw the picture. Oh, all right, all right. I thought, I thought that there was a slogan and brazen on it that you had seen, that you had blessed us with. But that's well, all right. I think because, Richie knows. He just doesn't want to tell us right now because it's I'm the pack. I'm about to say, right? He's being a salty, <laughs> a salty Bears fan is what he's being. Anyways, uh, to, uh, here's what I will say. To the to the hypocrisy of Chris Leopold's, they can't win without Devontae Adams. Uh, Alan Lazard absolutely stepped up, absolutely played his tail off, and had a player of the week type week, uh, and yet... Chris, remind me, how many wide receivers did Green Bay go get this offseason? Yeah, that's going to hurt us later on. Zero. Hey, just like I, just like I said at the beginning, guys, we're, we're, we're at a position where we got the best quarterback in the game right now that's passing it to whoever is open. You know, we had a couple drops the prior games, but they look good, man. Even from Jay Sternberger to Robert Tanyan. Uh, to Alan Lazard, to Big Dog, everybody looked really good, and that Aaron was, a was just full a sharp team effort. He spread that ball around, unlike Trubisky, who got pulled in the first half. No, <laughs> one thing that really stood out with the pack with, with with myself. I know we always talk about not having sexy wins and things of that nature, but to be doing it not only without Devontae Adams, but without Kenny Clark. Uh, that nose tackle position and to see what Kiki has been doing um, as far as, you know, he got two sacks last game. If we can get Kiki running on, on, on that type of energy and have Kenny Clark right next to him, and then, you know, we it, I was comfortable with seeing Ty Summers out there too. That was something that kind of worried me at that middle linebacker position. Um, but he looked pretty good um, just off the couple plays that I've seen and even Chris Barnes. Um, it's going to be interesting when, when our, our other linebacker comes back, uh, Kamal Martin, because people were pretty high on him. But everyone's been, been, been as, I mean, the, the secondary has been has looked great. Um, I, I haven't worried about them, but just to see everybody stepping up and once again, re- really consistent offensive line. We're keeping, we're keeping Aaron up on his toes. I can't, I can't complain, man. 
I'm still a little worried about our defense. We did give up 30 points. Right. And so that's what I, that was going to be. My question was, did, did the Packer, I mean, the Packers won the game, right? And so, but, but to what Chris, what you're saying is Alvin Kamara went absolutely wild and he basically did whatever it is he wanted. And so I, I don't remember exactly what, how, how everything played out. It's Alvin Kamara that we're talking right. about. Until <laughs> Michael Thomas comes back, there's two guys on that team. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara. <laughs> it's very evident that Michael Thomas is gone, but um, uh, Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara. That's why they paid him the big bucks that they did pay him, because he's a human joystick. I, I get that, but what I'm saying is, is Green Bay, to, to what Chris was saying, is the defense, it's it's more the Rodgers of old. Rodgers is winning you these games, it, and I, I'm not disputing that whatsoever, and, and that's what he's paid to do, and that's what he's done throughout his career. But there has to be some worry of, are they going to be able to step up when we need them to? Yeah, but that's why I kind of alluded to that nose tackle position because it seems like the biggest gashes that we're getting, of course, is running, running defense. So once you have Kiki and you have Kenny Clark up there, depending on how you know speedy recovery he is and how bad his injury truly is, I think we're going to be looking at a totally defensive, a different defensive line when it comes down to crunch time with Green Bay. And just the fact that they're actually winning these games right now um, you know, via shootout, via high score, you know, as long as you got Aaron Rodgers on your team, you, you got a chance to win, especially right now. Um, his The high-octane offense that, that he's presenting out there and how he's just picking defenses apart um, and how sharp he is, it's hard to go against. It's really hard to go against. I, I, watching this game, when, um, when Zadarius Smith got the strip, I knew it was over at that point. You know, that that was the momentum. And once, once you got that play and you got that QB, man, it's hard to go against. Yeah, I did not. I mean, I thought I was hoping for the shootout. I had a lot of things fantasy-wise riding on that being a shootout. Uh, it was a rough fantasy week for me across, almost across the board. But... Really, man, you want to talk about a rough outing. Ravens, Chiefs. The Ravens, man, we just didn't seem to have an answer for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, four touchdowns before the half. Before the half. I was surprised to see him come out of the tunnel. I think the only reason they put him on the field is because Patrick didn't want to offend Lamar, right? You know, it's going, sorry, dude, but I mean, we're, we're laying it on you so bad. I can sit down. Two, two words for that game. Too easy. I never would have thought that that game would have. I mean, I mean, of course, we've, we've talked about Kansas City, you know, throughout uh, our, our podcast. And we've talked about the dominance and even, the, you know, the, the possibility of them winning again. Um, and how they look on paper, how they got half men, half amazing at every position. Even the kicker can kick 70-yard field goals. <laughs> but I, I still, I think I expected more out of Lamar. Um, as I picked 
Baltimore as my early favorite uh, Super Bowl champion uh, just because I felt as if Lamar Jackson really wanted to prove something. I think he had saw the accolades and saw the praise that Patrick Mahomes got. And um, I thought he was going to be a lot hungrier, a lot thirstier. One thing that stood out to me um, when I was, when, even when I was watching the buildup for this game was Lamar Jackson said he was taking the approach of this game as if it was any other game. And that worried me. That kind of bothered me because against greats, you got to feel like you want to step up and you want to you want to show that you are in fact the man. Right. I can't. I can't even believe he said that. That's yeah, insane. when you don't have that bravado or you don't have that 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 confidence, it it, it worries me. <laughs> As I said last week, when we talked about Roy Jones not realizing he was getting in the ring with Mike Tyson. Well, and two here, and, and there's the other part of it. Baltimore has had you know uh, a defense that's been really good up until last night, and when you watch that game. Traditionally, your your Mike linebacker or your inside backer is the guy who, I guess, captains or coordinates the defense from on the field. And you could tell in the way they called the game offensively. Patrick, look, Pat, this was Patrick Queen all night. He was doing circles because he had no idea where things were going, where things were coming from, and where it was hitting. Because... They messed with him so bad. They literally just said, oh, this is, you think you see this? Boom, the other way. It, it was like a magic show. I mean, they, they showed one thing and they ran something else and he was out of position so much. And, and that messes up your, your philosophy. It messes up your defense. If you can't get lined up, you can't play, right? And, and the Chiefs just continued to show their dominance in the league, not just the, I mean, they are beating good teams. I mean, it's not as if, you know, we, we thought Houston was going to be a contender. Obviously, they're not. They throttled them. They played the Chargers close, who we just got done talking about is probably better than what their record shows. And then they said, hey, Balt oh, Baltimore, you want some too? Well, you can come get some because we're going to eat anyway. And just to throw out there, uh, good old Andy Reid, did anybody see that big L formation? Uh, last night in the game where they had the four wide receivers lined up in a stack and it was four wide receivers then the five linemen and if you look at it from above it's the Baltimore Ravens defense and then a big old L right on the field <laughs> what can I say I love to see them trolled with that before we go to break here I'm going to switch things up a little bit and ask for your twos you don't want this smoke player of the game strictly on the NFL side of the fence on the NFL side of the fence at ball here who Richie was your you don't want this smoke player of the week yeah mine uh mine came from the 315 games I went with Russ when it came to NFL players five touchdowns no picks um Many are considering him the favorite for the MVP, but he's playing on a whole nother level right now. We've never seen him with a plethora of weapons like Seattle's been able to give him so far this year. We'll see if that, that stays true. But uh, five passing touchdowns to no picks, 315 yards. Russ is just getting it done, and he's, he's Russ being Russ, doing Russ things. 
No doubt, no doubt. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pick the man, the myth from Buffalo here. Josh Allen, getting it done, man. Uh, You're my, you don't want this smoke player of the week because I didn't see it coming. I didn't think he had it in him. Uh, and he has proven me and everybody else that picked somebody other than him before him wrong. And I got to tell you, I, I was I was impressed, man. I was impressed. This Buffalo team has got a real future if they can keep him on his feet. And I, I guess I'm going to go with the hometown hero. I got to go with Alan Lizard Lazard. I mean, man, I mean, we got a W. And at a time where everyone was looking at who was going to be number two and people often counted him out and said that Marquez Vandell-Scantlin was the second uh, wide receiver, people counted him out when people were upset that they didn't get pick a wide receiver. And Alan Lazard showed up for us yesterday. Alan Lazard, you don't want that smoke. I don't want that smoke. With that, folks... We'll be back after this break from ES3N.